Let's begin with a drum set. Listen for an explosive live sound. The snare should be crisp and the cymbals should ring. Early one. Good. <laughs> Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8 o'clock a.m. You're listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's also, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I'm happy today. I'm happy. I feel good. Gabriel, turn your cell phone. You're going to take part in this part, too. I'm happy. I feel good. We're here. As with all of you people, 
some people don't like hearing themselves in the headphones we got now, but they're good headphones. So they kind of feel good on your ears, though. Kinda, oh, yeah. Kind of comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah, they're pretty comfortable. I Leather, like them. right. Yeah. These joints are task cam. Uh, it's Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first Indies podcast. Sally Bice, Gloria Gerardo, Michelle Gums. Good morning, A-Town, and happy Wednesday to you as well. We got the crew here coming up doing things. I got Monica. Monica, how are you feeling? Doing well. Okay. Doing well, thank you. Gabriel Bradford, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here and chatting up. All right. Today's Gabriel's first day running the show fully, hands off. Um, ladies and gentlemen, he's flying the plane. License to come soon, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to get in there and do it. So we hope that all of you great people are doing well today. Jennifer Ryan Maiden, hello there. Saul Olivas, good morning to you as well. Good to see all of you great people today. We got news. We got headlines for you. We got things to talk about. Uh, and we got a happy Wednesday message, too. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. What are you going to do for Thanksgiving, Gabriel? Going to hang out with my family, spend time with them, probably watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's a tradition we have every year, so it's oh. that's always fun. And we're really looking forward to doing the cook, some of the cooking. Uh, my favorite part is making the stuffing because then you get to eat it. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we got dinner, or we got breakfast. We got breakfast We got tomorrow. breakfast tomorrow. So yes. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, we got Thanksgiving oh, nice. breakfast. Good. Uh, nice. Buenos dias, Aurora. Uh, in collaboration with Good Morning Aurora, is going to do a breakfast, uh, a little breakfast show for y'all. So a please, cultural Thanksgiving okay. breakfast, <laughs> right? Cultural Thanksgiving yeah. breakfast, multicultural. Yep. Yeah. So please tune in uh, tomorrow to Buenos Dias Aurora at eight o'clock a.m. It's going to be a good show. Uh, Boliviana, African Americana, and Mexicana all coming together mm-hmm. for something really good. So uh, please check it out. Um, other than that, we've got news that Gabriel's going to deliver. That's going to be something new. The time is 8.02 a.m. I want to tell you guys real quick, though, I got a message from our friends in Kane County. Uh, as you guys know, just yesterday, or excuse me, Monday, did a great discussion, uh, trauma and stress experienced by law enforcement. It was great to take part in that panel with Dr. Carrie Steiner, who is a uh, psychologist and a former member of Chicago Police Department, State's Attorney Jamie Mosser, and Kane County Sheriff Ron Hain, including the director of the Illinois State Police, uh, Mr. Brendan Kelly. Um, but there's no refusal DUI patrols planned for tonight throughout all of Kane County. This is the most important news you'll hear all day. Uh, this is the 30th no refusal event in Kane County since the state's attorney's office began the program in 2008. During no refusal events, suspected intoxicated motorists can be compelled to provide a breath or blood sample through a warrant issued by a judge shortly after a traffic stop. Anyone declining to be tested after the warrant is obtained can face additional charges. Assistant state's attorneys will be on call at various police departments in the county, um, and a phlebotomist will be available who can uh, perform blood draws as well. So um, there's many alternatives to driving while impaired, such as uh, taxis, Uber, and Lyft. So please be safe out there as you guys go out and do your thing uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, once again, it starts tonight. So, Wait, so what does that mean? It means um, if you're, like, they're going to be doing DUI checks everywhere and there's no refusal, oh. so you must. So all the people who, you know, you know who I am or... <laughs> I refuse. Nah, bro. Not happening. Okay. Yeah. And that's why. So I'm glad you brought that up. See, this is a smart show. So scratch it up, DJ. Now, which one is the DJ scratch? Word up. I'm glad you brought that up because listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. And this is one of the things about the printed word and the English language that I've always loved. It says it says here during no fuser events, suspected intoxicated motorists can be compelled that's the language, compelled. It doesn't say you must. It doesn't say you better. It says you can be compelled. <laughs> 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 and, since the, and since the top legal mind in the state, state's attorney, is telling you it would be in your best interest to either get an Uber, get a Lyft, have your drinks at home and cool out. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just do that. So... Thank you very much for that, Monica. The time is 8.05 a.m. Zaira Chavez, good morning to you, dear sister. Gloria Gerardo, buenos dias, Aurora. Good morning to you, Aurora. Hope you have a nice day today, okay? Amen. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Hope 
you will have a nice day. Thank you very much. Jennifer Ryan Baden, hello to you as well. Question, what is, what's the iconic turkey dish? Is it mashed potatoes? Is it macaroni and cheese? Or is it the stuffing? Which one of those can you do without and still have a Thanksgiving dinner? But what can you not have a Thanksgiving dinner unless you have this dish? What do you think? Mm. I, I would have to go with stuffing. If, if you just take stuffing out of it, it's... It ain't it's no macro... Right, it's not Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's not Thanksgiving. No. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think? Um, I, I mean, just maybe now it... Maybe times have changed because, you know, um, assimilation to the American culture. Mm -hmm. But I know when I was growing up, turkey and stuffing and all of that was not part of our dish. What was the dish? What what, what were you guys having? I mean, we would just have like, uh, we would have... um, Matabamos un cochino. We would kill a pig. (laughs) Oh, okay. And we would like just cook it yeah. and like all oh, because nice. like my uh, my family like eats all of okay. everything like okay. you know everything of the pig right. so like we would do that and make it a big shebang. Okay. So it wasn't. I mean, maybe one aunt would cook like ham. Right. But it wasn't like we're so excited for this turkey and for this mashed potatoes. It was just more of like, oh, we're gonna eat some carnitas or whatever. Right. So the so the holiday. Right. Mm -hmm. Family, Thanksgiving, but with different food. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an interesting point to bring up because like every, yeah, yeah, everybody's having Mm -hmm. an event, Mm -hmm. but the food may be different, but the the, the Mm -hmm. meaning is still the same. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's not that strange. I mean, I don't eat macaroni and cheese, not a macaroni and cheese fan. So everywhere Mm -hmm. I go, I'm always the, oh, there's Curtis. (laughs) He's not going to eat macaroni. You know, I'm not a macaroni and cheese guy. So I've always felt like anything on the dinner table Mm -hmm. I can take or, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I like cranberry sauce, but like real Mm -hmm. cranberry sauce, not the. Oh, not the canned stuff. Yeah. Coming out looking like a Frisbee and all that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just comes out and it's like this big blob. Nah. Right. Jennifer Ryan Maiden says, I can do without the turkey and eat all the sides. Mm, I'm feeling Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Sally Bice says, you must have dressing. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. I like the dressing. Diana Lilly, good morning to you. Tracy Durant says, good morning, my lovely friends. Wish you all a wonderful day. And Marissa Amoni is here, too. Good to see you. Um, No, the pig is good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is it called lechon? You guys call it lechon? Lechon. No? Okay. The pig is good, though. I mean, it's... Feeds a lot. You could do a lot with that meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I believe that. And again, a lot of co- a lot of people are celebrating. They just don't have the traditional dish. And honestly, that's the anglicized way that people yeah. have been taught too. Like you must have green bean casserole, or else it's yeah. not Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, honestly, people be having fried chicken. Mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving. Mm. I don't think the Pilgrims was eating fried chicken. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen no picture where they're like, past the KFC. But, you know? Yeah, who even came up with the food that we eat? Exactly. Yeah, See? Yeah. So that's that's the thing. That's, that's, that's what the, I was thinking. Right, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I think that, um, kind of like in the conversation that we had with Art with Pigment International, I think that what happened was the view, the thought process of what it should be mm-hmm. was always one way and it's never been like fully representative. Yeah. That's unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know, but now oh, people yeah. are changing that yeah. with the culture and everything. Cause the traditions are still living on. It's just the colors are different, yeah. right? A little, little something, something. I, I think it's like, I love the, the part about the food. Cause you know, when you asked us like, what's, what's our favorite dish or what dish wouldn't make it Thanksgiving? I think it's for a lot of us is quite different and it, it just shows that, no, it's not. Thanksgiving really isn't about the food sometimes. Sally Bice, listen to this. Sally Bice says, since Thanksgiving is basically only in the USA, we started one way. But we have been fortunate to have a blending of cultures as we grow in diversity. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fact. Oh, I, love I have that. a friend who's Greek. She makes uh, the leaf wrapped. I don't know the name of it. Um, but God, is it good for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It's with the ham, right? She got ham. Mm -hmm. She got turkey, but she got the grape stuff leave or whatever it is with some rice or something like that. So good. 
Now, that's not American at all. (laughs) (laughs) But we're all having a good time. We're all chilling, and it makes for a a decent uh, meal. The time is 8, 10 a.m. So, Gabriel, you can bring us on. uh, You can just open the eye of the meatball. There you go, my man. Gabriel, look at you. Got pushed in the pool. He's swimming, y'all. Norma Peterson's here. Good morning, Norma. Uh, Hope everyone has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Yes, we do, too. Michelle Gum says, for me, I cook like a mad lady. Then I don't eat until the next day for the most part. However, my favorite is my homemade sausage stuffing loaded with into the waffle iron cooked till crispy. Damn. That sounds really good. Wow. Then I load it with leftover mashed spuds and top with turkey gravy. Hold on. What the? Whoa. Oh. Scratch it up. Scratch that up. Yeah, yeah word. Word up. up. Whoa. It doesn't end. She said, I can't even explain how amazing it is. Well, you just did. Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's sausage, man. Yeah, that sounds good. Aisha Saxon's here. Good morning. She says fried turkey is the bomb. Yes, it is. JR too. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. JR Mayola's here. Michael Rayford. Good morning to you. And Marissa Money. Mac and cheese is life. Yeah, I know, but I can't. I can't dig. I can't dig it. I can't dig the mac and cheese. I never really been a cheese dude. Lasagna, mm-hmm. pizza, um, you know the occasional pasta with some mm-hmm. cheese on top of that. Italian beef. That's really it with the cheese for me. The nacho cheese when you got the chips, never <laughs> been able to do it. Oh yeah, just can't. I uh, just can't do it. Out, cheese strings can't do that. No, can't do that. Oh, I I grew up with those. So so good. That's why I got quiet when you said <laughs> that. <laughs> no, but we uh people love that. People love that stuff though. So, um, real quick, you guys. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of food, we're gonna keep it with food. Uh, the time is eight twelve a.m. Aurora's looking at a moratorium on new food trucks. Did you guys hear anything about this yet? No. no? Okay, oh, check it out. To me. Um, it's actually an important conversation. I will say this, and these are my words, not necessarily reflecting you guys' words, but I will say that, like, the discussion, I think, is is very important, but I think Aurora, as a city, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit about it. I'm going to read through it, and then I'll tell you why I think that. All right. Aurora's looking at a three-month three month moratorium on any new food trucks in the city to give it time to rework the ordinance that licenses mobile food providers. Uh, officials said last week, this is last week's story, uh, the moratorium would not affect any current licenses for food trucks in good standing with the city. Uh, Alderman will vote uh, at the next regular city council meeting. Alex Voigt, deputy chief of staff for the mayor's office at the city, decided to look at the licensing, licensing ordinance because of issues raised by city council members who have received complaints about where some of the food trucks locate. The city currently has 27 licenses for food trucks in the city and another 13 mobile food provider licenses connected with Chris Kendall Market. Uh, the timing is because all licenses for the mobile food providers are coming up for renewal. Um, Alex Voigt said if a truck owner comes in for renewal and is in good standing, the license will be renewed through February 28th of next year. Being in good standing means up to date on tax payments and the like, as well as not having outside complaints. Here's where the story gets colorful. Complaints usually have to do with where a food truck locates in relation to a brick-and-mortar restaurant, okay? A lot of people, uh, a lot of our aldermen and women have received complaints about trucks locating closer than 100 feet from a brick-and-mortar restaurant, 100 feet, okay? So, uh, what's it? Torres Mania, okay? A Mexican restaurant. Now you got a pop-up taco truck. Across the street. Across the street. Yeah. Mm. Mm, right? Um, case in point. Uh, tor- uh, not Torres Mania. Um, on the corner by Neighbor Project. To Kylet Line. Mm, yeah. Okay? Now you got Food Truck Festival in the lot across the st- where we are. Right? When's that happening? That happened a bunch of times. Oh. Girl, you, do, you be doing a new scratch it up for Monica. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened a few times. No, I I know. Yeah, you you hungry like me? Like, what date is that happening? Are they open now? Um, but uh, so that's so that's the issue. Okay, here's the part where I think Aurora shot itself in the foot a little bit though, because remember, the city and everybody was promoting that. Remember, check out this food truck. Go to this food truck. Check out this food truck because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Remember. 
Mm-hmm. It was a full court press pushing with social media, sharing posts. Check out this food truck. Go to this food truck. Like, we, and it's not a diss, it's just an observation. We flashed the city in the news. We're telling people for the longest time, go to the food truck thing. Yo, check out the food truck. And all of it was happening on and around these businesses. And I think that, like, trying to get that done so hard kind of created it. So now we've got food trucks, so many of them, that they're in the downtown area at least, they're going to somehow be within a close walking distance of a restaurant. Nobody really thought about that. You feel me? Like, nobody thought about that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, now it's a thing. Um, But what do you guys think about that? What do you uh, listeners think about that as well? Food truck fest is once a year, first Fridays in May. That's right. It is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is that happening soon? No, I I think I do remember it. Um, restaurants are slammed and it brings people to downtown. Look at examples in Portland and Nashville. That's true. Downtown Nashville is popping. Downtown Portland, Oregon as well. Great place. Yeah, and I feel like food trucks are an opportunity for people to, you know, if they don't have enough money to maybe Mm -hmm. have a brick and mortar. Sure. So it brought business to, or it brought, you know, Mm -hmm. just business to people. And I think it's a great opportunity for them and, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think that, especially since, so let's look at the Food Truck Festival now, specifically, though. Oh, yeah. It was all of Benton Street. Mm -hmm. Now, Benton, from Benton and River to Benton and Lake, or Broadway. Yeah. There ain't even no restaurants on there, right? So that's a perfect place to have a Food Truck Festival, Mm -hmm. right? But I think from the the point of view of the business people who are down here, because I've seen it a couple of times, you do see... Pop-up trucks not too far from your restaurant. So if you're a business owner with a brick and mortar, you may feel some type of way about that. And I think that's legit. But I feel like also people sometimes, I don't know, I feel like there's always going to be, you know, sometimes the date night's going to be the food truck, but then sometimes you're going to want to sit inside. Right, exactly. So it's not like. I'm always going to go to the food truck because right. it's cheaper because sometimes they're not cheaper. Right. If they're the same price I sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think another point to be made is what's the difference between a food truck popping up and, say, a brick and mortar? Because there are restaurants that are right next to each other. They're not complaining. Well, that's true because in the case of, like, Tecalit Line, right, they're on yeah. Downer and Broadway, and Durango is on LaSalle and Benton, I mean, it's yeah, you could throw a rock and hit it. So oh, it, it's exactly. it's it's not really. And then if you go the opposite way on Downer, you run into El Tio. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I you right, you know what I'm saying? What's you could be mad about two things? Why is there so many other taco restaurants around my taco restaurant, or food trucks? Mm-hmm. I think exactly. personally, I think there's enough for everybody, mm-hmm. and I think exactly. that if you got a good message and you got a good food. People will come, you know, like yeah. if, if your food is good, they're going to come there. Mm-hmm. But you can't. Exactly. But at the same time, because when I read the story, I did understand it from the brick and mortar perspective, too. But my thing is, is that, A, I wouldn't want to see an end to food truck festivals. That's a yeah. hit yeah. here yeah. in Aurora. So that would be foolish. And plus, I do think that having it on a place where there's a desert of nothing really mm-hmm. there, that street of out here, mm-hmm. that's perfect. Yeah. And it's away from everybody, too. And plus, once again, the food truck festival is going to end earlier than the restaurants do. Right. So, yep. you know, go there for your funnel cake, right? Then go to whatever restaurant mm-hmm. after that. The time is 8, 19 a.m. Jacqueline Buchner, good morning to you. Michael Rafer says the city should work on building a better relationship between the two and work together, it seems Simple. Things like this are absolutely thought about, Curtis. We've had this discussion for many years. Many businesses are in favor and some are not. The proof is in the pudding. At the block party, nearby restaurants had an hour-long wait and had to turn patrons away. Good point. Farnsworth has three Mexican restaurants and about two food trucks right next to each other. Options. True. I mean, there is that. Yeah. Right? Grumpy Gaucho. Home Run Wieners. Uh, what's the other place? 
Alice's Alice Alice Corner. Back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know. Oh, in that corner over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Valeria's here. Good morning. It would be great if the restaurants had specials that complemented the food trucks like desserts and drinks then maybe made coupons for the vendors to hand out to all their customers. See? Now we're thinking. Now we're thinking. A chimichanga where they layer turkey, dressing potatoes, cranberry sauce, roll it up, fry it, then pour turkey gravy over the finished product. What truck is that? <laughs> Damn, this is going crazy right here. Alvin Soto, good morning. The time is uh, 821. Gabriel, would you take us to a commercial? Now, you know how to do that, right? Yep, there you go. Yep. All right, take us to a commercial and uh, give us a little news, my brother. Good morning. Here are your local news headlines. Uh, real news, real people, real stories. 100% Aurora. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all of our content. There you can also watch all of our interviews and receive notifications when we go live. We'll put the link in the chat. Uh, the news. Court-based rental assistance is still available for those in a court eviction proceeding due to non-payment. The non-payment is conditioned on financial hardship due to the pandemic. Eligible for applicants may qualify for up to $25,000 in rental emergency rental payments. This program is open to anyone in the state and is not conditioned by county the deadline for applications is June 2023. For more information, scan the QR code on the flyer or call 630-907-906-9400. Again, that's 630-906-9400. Monday, November 28th, will be the al monthly Alderman's Chat for Ward 3 with Alderman Ted Messiakos. This will take place at Our Lady of Good Counsel, the St. Francis Center, located at 620 South 5th Street. This will be from 7 to 8 p.m. If you're a resident of Ward 3, show up. And lastly, our friends at Mary Wilkinson Food Pantry have partnered up for Giving Tuesdays in November. Two incredible restaurants, Preservation in Geneva and Atlas Chicken, are the places to visit. The Mary Wilkinson Food Pantry receives a portion of the sales. Visit either restaurant on November 22nd and the 29th. All right. Actually, can you do one more piece of news in there? There should be news about Pictures with Santa event taking place December something. Let's see. What the Saturday, December 3rd yep, from yeah. 2 to 5 p.m., our Friends of the Neighbor Project and Aurora Financial Empowerment Center will host their second annual holiday event with music, vendors, raffles, and much more. Free hot cocoa and conscious will be available as well. This will take place at the Aurora Financial Empowerment Center located at 712 South River Street. Pictures with Santa will be free, so save the date, and we hope to see you there. We do, we do. We hope to see you there. Thank you very much, Gabriel Bradford. The time is 8.23 a.m. You're listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We're having fun. We, uh, we're having fun with the news. I love the news, but you guys know I love the news. I've been telling you about it for two years now, so keep staying around. We've got 98 more years to go. We'll all be old and gray together in the same nursing home, <laughs> broadcasting together. Curtis Plysom, Monarch. All right. Sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, like, give him his meds. Uh, okay, Michael Rayford, how can I be a vendor? Oh, that's a good question, Michael Rayford. Michael Rayford, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you, I'll rope you into a, a conversation with the, uh, the great person who's leading the charge on vendors. Her name is Valeria Loera. I know her. She's great. Um. I want to read, hold on a second. Things are absolutely like this. Wait, that was the one I read. Hold on a second. Aha, here we go. Michelle Gum says, I'm buying some candies from Miss Jana's Candy on Montgomery Road as gifts. What's everyone doing for Small Business Saturday? Uh, lots of good stuff happening for Small Business Saturday. Emily says, I think the food trucks are good for the restaurants because it brings people to the downtown and gives the restaurants exposure. Okay, I did read that one. Good. like to know the pot. I like to hear, see, that's, listen, let me tell you something. Scratch it up. Scratch it up. Gabriel, listen, see, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Everybody has a opinion, and everyone should be able to positively, with a good disposition, express that opinion, right? 
we love Aurora. We want to see it grow. So what do you guys think about what's happening too? What do you guys think about the moratorium on this and that? What do you guys think about the tavern on Broadway? What do you guys think about the Hobbs building? That's what matters. Cindy Morales, good morning to you. A combination of factors have assisted in revitalizing downtown Aurora. Thinking outside the box has been vital. Welcoming food trucks for special events has helped bring thousands to downtown who might not have otherwise visited. When we bring people downtown, they will have a chance to see the beauty of downtown along with all the amazing restaurants and retailers. We have more than 80 restaurants and retailers. Many have opened since the last decade, since we've started providing incredible events. I'm feeling it. Cruz Ocho's here. Good morning to you, Cruz. Okay. Good morning. Now that we did that, I got something else to tell you guys about. Does anybody, I shared this story on Monday. Have you guys heard of the candy maker Haribo? Yeah. yeah. Y'all heard about Haribo? Mm -hmm. I'm going to mention this. This is for all the bosses out there. If you're an executive director of a company or a group, a team, if you're a leader, this story is for you. And, you know, I'm going to tell you this right now. This story upset me. But maybe by talking about it, we can all work through it together. Listen to this. The famous gummy bear company Haribo, the gold bag joints, they rewarded a man recently who found a check for them. Check this out. A man in Germany found a lost check for $4.8 million, and it was made out to Haribo, the gummy bear company. He, so in, you know, in, in the EU, in Europe, you can buy like, instead of here with candy, just a bag, you can buy like maybe a box with a few bags in it, something like that. He bought one, and a check to Haribo for $4.8 million was in it. So he was like, damn, right? He called the Haribo company. And the, the man's name is, uh, hold on, the man's name is Anwar. He called the company, and uh, he says, there was a large, such a large sum on it, I couldn't even pronounce it because it was in euros. The lawyer for Haribo told him after checking the, the you know, disbursements, mm -hmm. and the data, he said, yes, that's a live check. The guy was like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with it? He said, destroy it. So that's what he did. The guy, Anwar, destroyed the check provided pictures of the destroyed check to Haribo, okay? Haribo, you know how they paid him back? They sent him a gift box with six bags of gummy bears. That's it. Now, the dude wasn't really out for gratification, right? Mm -hmm. But he told a German newspaper called Bild um, about it, and it made the headline. So the German newspaper called Haribo to verify if it was true. And it's a true story. They said, yes, that's a true story. We gave him the standard box. Now Haribo is under fire because people are calling him cheap. Like they could have did something more for him than just giving him six bags of candy. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, they should have definitely given him at least a hoodie and a <laughs> cup or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just thinking Here's about... Here's a keychain, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, why not, like, you know, give them lifetime supply of gummy bears, you know? like Something. Something. I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so, my my thing small. about it, which really upset me, was, like, that was a, it was a double one in a million. Okay? The man found a check for $4.8 million. A distributor was giving it, was paying Haribo. That's what the origin of the check was. He didn't try to cash it. He didn't try to forage it or nothing. He called the company and said, I have a live check. What should I do? And he destroyed it. That, that kind of integrity, sadly, you can't expect that everywhere, okay? People are doing scams for less money, $300, food stamps. Um, so that was one in a million. The other one in a million is that, like, that was a one in a million shot to maybe bring him on board. Like, I would have hired that dude. Yeah. I would have hired him. Like, th that's what upsets me about the whole story. I would have hired him. Or I would have given him a portion of the money. I would have broke him off yeah. a mill. I would have gave him that with the candy. Yeah. yeah. That I was mean, a wasted opportunity, yeah. Yeah. you know? I, I think they should uh, put him in charge of accounting or something. To, right. Yeah, just so they, d they don't package a check again. <laughs> right. That's what I've been wondering, too. How did a check get in? candy yeah that's odd how did that happen it was right surprise giveaway you know willy wonka 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Willy Wonka, like, you know, stay tuned, folks. Right. Willy Wonka is going to be. Right. One tenth ticket. of a percent is $48,000. Michael Rayford. My opinion is that way back when some folks decided to stop our push carts from cursing the neighborhoods, it was based on something mean. Just saying. Interesting. Um, Cindy Morales, good morning to you. Yeah, I just think that that was such a wasted opportunity. And plus, we're going into the holiday season, you know? So I say that to say, look, man, look out for people, you know, especially if you they make a lot of money. Yeah, and, like, if he had done the opposite, it would have – they – Haribo or whatever the company's name is, they would have made a big deal and probably headlines of, like, They would have put his mug shot yeah. – they would have put his mug shot everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you can't trust these yep. Germans. Mm-hmm. They would have put his mug – they yes. would have did him dirty if he would have tried that. See? And that's the – that's the opposite of what we should be doing in life. Mm-hmm. It totally is, man. It totally is. Oh, yeah. So, like, you got to – because that's what makes companies stay around. Now, so he, this is the weird part about the article ends. Check this out. So I guess Haribo now, Haribo is all, now they're not answering questions no more, right? So Haribo confirmed the incident and said two things. The check was, um, uh, they sent their standard thank you package, okay? So the standard thank you package, no matter who you are, whether you return a check for $4 million, or you are, right, a little girl, you, uh, your dog fell out the tree. Everybody gets the standard package. And then they're saying that they will no longer take questions about the incident. That's so <laughs> That is whack. Because yeah. they could have, like, at least, like, I don't know, the CEO of this company met with this guy. I don't know. But the standard package seems so, oh, I don't really care. Boy, I would have made, yeah. I would have. I would have taken Haribo to the next level, to the new future. I would have gave that. I would have called it. How you living? You got a job? How are Anwar? Come on to right. Where you at? How can we? How can we help you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Just, I mean, it's a one in a million. So how would you treat someone who's? I mean, a being quite honest. Um, and I mean, who who turns in a check? And I mean, you hope people are honest, but a right. lot of people. I mean, absolutely. Like you mentioned, they're not going to be that honest. So I think just saying something like, you know, your standard thank you, I mean, that's okay. But then look at how, like, most people aren't, aren't going to be like that. And right. That, I mean, it's sad that it's that way, but it's also like you should recognize that. Right. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, you work for the Alive Teen Center. Yes, I do. For those who are unfamiliar, what's the Alive Teen Center about? Uh, the Alive Teen Center is a non-for-profit that it's a teen center, so it's for kids in grades 5 through 12. And it's uh, we provide free after-school drop-in programs. Um, we have three locations. There's a Naperville one, Aurora one, and then we just recently opened in Hanover Park earlier this year. Okay. And they're both they're all free for teens and and it's uh, our motto is uh, just show up. So we're that's we'll take anyone. You can just walk in and a little paperwork, and then you're you're good to go. You're always welcome, and it's it's a really great thing because we have uh, m- different levels of commitment at the Alive Center. If people just want to show up for regular drop-in, they're more than welcome to. Mm-hmm. And we also have a teen advisory board, which is always a great opportunity to gain uh, very valuable leadership skills. And that's something I'm co-president of, along with uh, Sam Serrano, so shout-outs. Um, yeah, so it's a really great opportunity if people are looking to uh, lo- meet new people and hang out with their peers. And, again, it's a very safe space. So we have so many kids who, when they go to their life center, they just start exploring their passions, finding what makes them to come alive. We've had kids go from... You know, just they're they're very you know a little shy or something, and then they just once they start going to the life center, it's just you can see a difference even after a couple of weeks or mm. months of going, and you see how it changes them, and they gain confidence, they gain very valuable life skills. Where like I mean, one of our clubs, we teach them how to cook, we teach them basic nutrition, and it's so it's it's always really fun to to see how the the teens develop and and grow in that. Very cool, very cool. Where Dan Barrero's located? here. Good morning. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
They're located on 78 South LaSalle Street, right here in downtown Aurora, just across the river from us. And uh, it's, it's a great place. That, so that's our Aurora location. And then we have one in Naperville and then also one in Hanover Park. Where you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and we also have our own website. Okay. Very I cool. thought he was going to say we have our own TikTok. <laughs> 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 Not yet. Stay tuned, though. We are we are working on that. Okay. All right. Good. Good stuff. Uh, the time is 8.36. Tracy Duran says, what's funny is that Haribo's response and now non-response sounds a lot like uh, one of the co-owners of my company, and he's from Germany. <clears throat> Maybe it's just how they see things on their side of the world. Very direct and business as usual. I agree with you all. They could have at least sent him everything from their merchandise collection. Yeah, Emily Bo says, uh, grant him a wish, ask what he wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See, that's why I pray. I, I, if I ever, seriously, if I ever had the opportunity, right, I would have made his dreams come true. Straight up. Yeah. I would have I would have made a candy after him. The honest Anwars, the chocolate joints with the coconut oh, on top. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody else likes coconut. I had a Chico stick. Not that long ago. Hmm. First time in a long time. You ever had Chico sticks? Oh, I Chico sticks? Oh. Okay. Scratch Are they it like up. the like, <laughs> very thin ones? It's, a, it's like a bar. The Chico stick, it's like kind of like a, no, like a it's cylindrical, like a pretzel. It's oh. got coconut on it. It's got like peanut butter inside of it. No, I, I know like those little like chocolate covered yeah, sticks. Yeah, I've seen those, that, like, but I don't think Like we've had those, but no, it's, so it's a Chico stick? Yeah, Chico stick. Dan Barrero, I know you know the Chico stick. Tracy Duran, I know y'all know the Chico stick. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> All right. Um, Gabriel, the time is 8.37 a.m. So let's do this. I'd like you to take us to another commercial. Give us a good three more pieces of news and then uh, bring us back in, my dear brother. Uh, Wednesday the thirtieth from six to seven thirty. You got to be right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. An important viewing and discussion will take place online about mental health and law enforcement. Join our partners of the King County Sheriff's Office and the pre-arrest diversion team for the film screening of the HBO documentary Ernie and Joe Crisis Cops. Ernie Stevens and Joe Smaro. Will detail mental and its impact in the law enforcement community. Did I just write mental? I didn't mental. even put health after mental that. Mental health. I think that's what we're going oh, okay. for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mental health and its impact in the law enforcement community. Impactful, heartfelt, and sincere. This is an event you don't want to miss. Registration is required. Uh, to register, we'll be sharing that link later on today in our, our post. Um, wow, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. So... Uh, if you have available Wednesday the thirtieth, that's today. That's no, that's that's next week. Oh, it is. Yeah, scratch it up for me. <laughs> Damn, it's weekend. That's why you doing the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, sadly. Um, definitely check that out. That sounds like a great opportunity to uh, learn more about mental health and its impact in law enforcement, which it's absolutely, please it's, tune in. It's very important. You guys, yeah. good morning, Aurora. If you are a fan of good morning, Aurora, please continue to support our efforts and our work with the Kane County state's attorney's office and all level of Kane County government. And talking about government, we have state representative Stephanie Kifowit is now accepting donations for toys for tots at our office located at 1677 Montgomery Road until December 9th. Hours for drop-off donations are Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. New unwrapped items for children and teens less fortunate are very appreciated. For more information, call 630-585-1308. Again, that number is 630-585-1308. 1308. And Sunday, July 16th, uh, which will be in next year, will be an awesome and fun day. Our friends of Harry Beast Dog Parlor are hosting their fifth year anniversary at 215 West Galena Boulevard. This will take place from noon to 5 p.m. and will feature food, lowriders, and other great cars, and of course, dogs. Come on out for a good time. Chicano's Times and A-Town Lowriders will be a part of the show. 
A-Town Bullies will be in the house, and GMA will be the master of ceremonies for the event. Save the date and come out for a fun community event. Wow, that sounds fun. Right, that's a fact. That's a big fact. Thank you very much for that news, Gabriel Bradford. Yeah, that's right. So we got... Hold on. There you go. Yep. So we've got... Uh, we got a lot of things going on. A whole lot of stuff happening. So, you know, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in, watching, and supporting us for the past two years. Uh, we're trying to give back with charitable works and things that you can come take part in in the community. The Harry Beast event's going to be really good. And once again, as mentioned, uh, a great discussion... <coughs> Excuse me. A great discussion with law enforcement will be taking place as well on the 30th. So we're we're covering all aspects of our community. Mm-hmm. Right. We sure are. Monica, where are you from again? Where are you born and raised? Um, Asheboro, North Carolina. Cut in on Monica. No, I'm just playing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, and Monica, you know, when you were. Growing up, did you ever think you'd be on the news, that you'd be doing the news or radio? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always liked <laughs> talking to myself in the mirror, so I was like, I'm probably going to make a YouTube channel, but never really doing the news. Okay. All right. All right. See? Or having these headphones on. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The headphones feel good. Yeah. They d- they're surprisingly comfortable. I, I mean, it takes a little getting used to, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think they're really comfortable. Yep. Yep. All right, um, so here's the next thing, and we're also we're also doing this live on Instagram too. Aisha, good morning, Prairie Grass Elections. Good morning, how y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Yeah, I just wanted to check it out. Um, I'm gonna wave at all of you great people, and then we're about to end it on the IG. Good morning to you all around the world. Coming to you live from downtown Aurora. It's Good Morning Aurora, second largest city, first daily news podcast. Peace out on Instagram. Um, oh, I can't X out now. This is like a bad dream. <laughs> uh, okay. So here's the thing. Something else I want to tell you guys about. Uh, speaking of radio communications, the Chicago Police Department is joining a national wave of encrypting radio communication. And that's raising transparency concerns. Listen to this. I'm not going to read. It's a pretty long article. I'm going to give you the key points. Uh, and the key points are what matters. <coughs> The days of Chicago reporters and news photographers relying on a live, crackling police scanner to chase news and tell the public what officers are doing in real time is quickly coming to an end. The Chicago Police Department is moving all of its radios to digitally encrypted channels by the end of the year, limiting access to one of the few ways the public can best monitor police activity. Journalists have had a long tradition of listening to police radio traffic to know when breaking news is occurring and to get to the scene of an unfolding event. According to Adam Scott Want, who's assistant professor and vice chair for technology at the Department of Public Management at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, he said the change equals an end to citizens around the country having full access to know what police are doing as they work. Um. If the police lock the media out of live radio broadcasts, it, in, it, in his opinion, certainly reduces the level of accountability that police departments will face. Quote, there's a whole other class, and that's the class of reporters in the media, and I'm a firm believer in government transparency and accountability. Close quote. The police zones that will become encrypted will still be available for the public to listen on a 30-minute delay on Broadcastify, which is an online live audio platform, the city's Office of Emergency Management and Communications does not have a contract with the service, um, nor has it paid any money to stream on the website. It's free to the public. A spokesman said in an email that Chicago officials asked the company to send all media inquiries to the city and declined to comment other than confirming that it's providing the broadcast service. The company's been working with the city for about a year on the project. Broadcastify transmissions are direct audio feeds from OEMC, in addition to the delay, dispatchers will have the ability to pause the transmissions when personal, identifiable information is being discussed. So, no longer will the public be able to listen to the live police scanner and see what's going on. What do you guys think about that? I feel like it, it will make it a lot safer for responding officers as well as uh, assisting in any emergencies because uh, so often a lot of the 
times when police are responding, they not only have to respond to the immediate threat and situation then, but they also have to take into account the fact that in some cases the media will be there. So uh, like in, in the case of the Henry Pratt shooting, there were like it was a lot of effort had to be taken into consideration when it came to addressing the issue, having people safely evacuate. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, though, there were media members who had shown up and it was, so it was really, it was hard in some cases to operate. Mm -hmm. Is It was my understanding. Um, I feel, I dig that. I do. It's Doug, right? But I think this is, I think it's a, bad thing to restrict this from journalists and the media. I believe that the media should operate and act and keep itself squared away and professional at all times. I think that's the trade-off. Like, I wouldn't want to see the media not have the ability to know what's going on and where police are responding to and things like that, because I think we've seen and continue to see that when the media is there, they capture things that sometimes police officers will act like didn't happen or obfuscate. That's the word of the day. Um, so I'd like to have more transparency, accountability than less. But at the same time, though, like the media should behave a certain way. They shouldn't come to the scene. If they hear about a shooting or something like that, they shouldn't come there like it's a circus. You know what I'm saying? That's not the, not the point to make the job of the law enforcement – don't make their job any harder, you know? What do you think? I think that it builds trust with, like, the people. Like, if um, it's a life, you know, whatever, it's happening with, like, the police officers. Like, if it's life, it just creates trust in the community with, like, all right, this is happening, yada, yada, maybe I shouldn't go towards that direction right now. Right. With the media, I feel like media's going to be media. I mean, I don't... I mean, just being part of Good Morning Aurora and just mm -hmm. the media, I mean, they want to get the scoop of right. what's happening. And, yeah, they should be careful and not, you know, intrude or, like, be in the way. But, right. like like you said, they might capture a story that maybe police officers, or not just police officers, but, like, law enforcement might not want to show right. in, in, you know, in the media or exactly, whatever. Yep. So I think it's... I think uh, with the with this delay, I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like some, I don't know, I feel like it sort of sounds like I, I, they might be hiding something or, exactly. I, it gives that, it gives that vibe. Exactly. That they want to, oh, I don't want them to listen in or I don't want them to hear because. Exactly. X, Y, and Z. That's the, that's the reason why they're doing it. So listen to this. Um, <clears throat> check this out. Now this is, this is a really key part of this too. Um, the move to encryption will also provide protection against the personal identification of victims, suspects, witnesses, and juveniles, which are often broadcast over the radio following a crime or incident. Um, fire department radio channels will remain unencrypted, as will other police channels that are used for coordination with outside agencies, like ISP or the FBI and, and what have you. Um, now, this is the part that... All right. Um, police are, have been known to, some, uh, some people have used radio traffic to avoid police after a crime or to avoid DUI checkpoints, okay? Um, some media experts said journalists use the police scanners, use of police scanners can distort the crime narrative for the communities that cover. If you're a victim of crime, would you want your name being broadcast over the radio? Hundreds, if not thousands of people, safety in danger, or broadcast on an unencrypted channel? Yeah, there's that. But then... There's like the Rodney King incident, right, where people are taking videos of things and the only way that there is accountability is because somebody's videotaping it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The only yeah. – and that's, that's what's bad about it, right? That's what makes this story so – so, you know, I guess I'll just have to settle on bad because, like, if the only – reason that some people have got justice is because of that reporter or that person going there, mm -hmm. like, at the same time. If the only way that people have got justice is because of some reporter, then this is bad. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because people should be like, you should bring that kind of thing out. If I, do you know if I had tape footage of somebody getting assaulted by the police? I would, of course, right? Mm -hmm. I would, of course, turn that over to whoever would be necessary to get that too. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, so I, that's, that's, that's my thing about it. Um, but like we were saying, not everyone in this world is has a kind heart that's going to turn yeah. in that video yeah. to True. the correct people. And they're just going to post it on Facebook or on TikTok and just make it a viral thing. True. And sometimes that's not good either. Because, yep. you know, um, I'm, I'm just thinking about like the just trends. Mm -hmm. that have been happening for the past couple of years when COVID was hitting and stuff like that. Just, just trends of of really bad issues in our societies that were just trending. And we just have a trend for maybe, let's say, six months, and that's it. Mm -hmm. yep. And so, again, I mean, and that aspect, I mean, there's a lot of aspects to, like, everything. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So, for example... And uh, I'm glad you brought up, like, the trends and all that. So, like, you can go to, and this upsets me, too, um, which I think shows something else about our society. Like, the most popular stuff is where a person's either being rammed by the police or, um, or like, videos of injury and those other kind of things. But, like, specifically what we're talking about with, like, the law enforcement stuff like that, like, that shit is popular. Mm -hmm. 700,000 views, 4.8 million likes. Like, that shit is – but at the same time, they're not – to your point, they're not giving that footage to the officer, the inspector general. No. No, they're not. They're not sending that to the oversight board for the – whatever county they're not sending it to the attorney general of illinois mm -hmm. they're posting it on facebook mm -hmm. so it's like i mean that's just again i think it i think it shows something like sick in our society I, that's what i think it actually is like that's what i think it is you know i think that people really like for some for whatever reason they want to see an suv hit somebody and then post it on Facebook? Yeah, and I, th I think another aspect to that is that a lot of what people come to, like, view when they want to see something, it's always those, like, eye-catching headlines right. or the, you know, kind of like the clickbait sometimes. Right. Because it's, I mean, no one's going to watch something that's really simple and stuff, and it's right. makes things look, look good, but... I always want to see that, you know, that controversial thing or that, you know, hot button topic is what gets the views. Right. And, th and that's why I think a lot of people, that's why they post these videos online and they don't send them to the right source because they're like, I want the views. Right. And and so I, I think it is kind of sad that, that there's that, that thought process along with like, you know, come on, we, we, we can be right. a little bit better than that. You know, we got to. Right. No, we can be better than that. So that's why, and you brought up the point, too, like, um, you know, so when the, uh, what was it? When the Pride Parade happened, right, here in Aurora, mm -hmm. um, I was in the parking garage on, like, the third floor overlooking with the camera, right, which was not the thing to be doing, okay? So the police came up there. Right, like two cops yep. came up there, and they. That tell you that? That tell you what this story? Oh, I, I think. So first time I've heard this. Was to tell you about media, right? Now I knew, yep. I know what's going on, so I'd be out there. I take the camera. I'm in the mix. If I hear about it, I'm going. Okay, so I go. Now the, the sign says certain personnel should be here. I'm obviously not, right? But I got the camera. It's all in good fun. Two police officers come up there and they're like, yo, how you, you know, what you doing? I got the camera. I'm like, oh, I'm just recording some footage. Uh, they're like, yo, who you with? I was like, well, good morning, Aurora. One of the police officers heard of it. He was like, oh, that's you? And I was like, yeah, man, you know, that's me. So we started talking, but he told me, they both told me, in no uncertain terms, APD, they were like, listen, uh, you really can't be in here. You know, we really can't be having people in here, but, you know, you, you're doing work for the city and all that kind of stuff. We're going to keep going with our rounds, but, you know, if somebody else comes here and asks you to leave, you'll probably have to leave. 
bada bing, bada boom. So at that moment, if that happened, I was ready for to pack up and leave. Sure enough, like an hour later, I had captured a lot of footage anyway. You know, like more cops came up there like, yo, you know, because now the parade is going, building up intensity and steam. So it's a safety thing, and I know that, right? We saw what happened in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. There was a guy elevated shooting down. Mm-hmm. I'm elevated as well, so I can totally get it. Yeah. So I pack myself up, bada bing, bada boom, we're out of here. That's how media should be. Mm-hmm. Like it's a what? It's a two way street. You know, mm-hmm. I'm here to capture a story. I'm not going to make your job as law enforcement harder. Um, sadly, though, people don't do that. Mm-hmm. People don't do that. Yeah. You and know, I think that's where being, you know, being a good citizen is important. Because I mean, it's also important to you know catch our story because that's what we want. Absolutely. Uh, but we also need to. You know, have that mutual respect for the place, and it goes both ways. It's not oh, yeah. just you know the media, and then it's like, oh, we have to. Yeah, you know, no, the police got to right. do it right too. Yeah, the, they got to do. Yeah, because you, see, I, I've been watching the, the news for my whole life. I oh, see yeah. when they're trying to play the journalist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna talk to you this way, so you don't have the camera looking at the violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me talk to you over here. Nah, bruh. No, I'm. No, I see the burning cars. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get the footage. <laughs> like, you know. Um, so, but yeah, that's that's that. Time is eight fifty six a.m. Damn, time went by fast. Yeah, it went by faster than ever today. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's like eight fifty six. I'm like, holy cow! Wow, damn, we've been yakking. These headphones, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's headphones. the it's the headphones. Yeah, it's mad comfortable. Okay, uh, uh, mad loud too. <laughs> right? Yeah, Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Um, since I'm dis- kind of discombobulated, give us one more piece of news before we get out of here, as I can get my mind back in order. Thank you, young man. Round two of the Illinois Emergency Assistance Program is now open for applications. Up to sixty thousand dollars per household is available for eligible applicants. If you or someone you know is behind on mortgage, please share this information. The deadline for applications is January 31st. You can contact them at 630-906-9400. Again, that is 630-906-9400. Breakfast with Santa will be held November 26th. From 9 to 11.30 a.m., that would be this Saturday. This event will be taking place at Diplomat West Banquets, 681 West North Avenue in Elmhurst. A continental breakfast and complimentary photo with Santa. You don't want to miss this event. Please RSVP by tomorrow at end of the day with this link, which we'll be posting All right. in the chat. Thank you very much, young man. I know where I'm at. I'm back now. We went on a journey. We went out there. That was we're a out, journey. We're out in space with it. <laughs> yep. See, that's the danger of doing this. You forget the mic's on. Now you're just talking to your friends, and that's mm-hmm. how you, oh, boy, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Trace, uh, Terry Burmese. Good morning to you, Terry. Um, Zyra Chavez says, some of it is the fact that people are not aware of who they should be sending the videos and footage to, especially in cases of police brutality or police misconduct. So they post it on social media sites and hope that it'll reach the right individual. Some do post them for views, though. Michelle Gums also said, though, also it protects the privacy of persons involved in incidents and their names are given with personal data constantly. Yeah, so that's now, and the Anjanette Young case in Chicago is a perfect example of that. That is a perfect example of that. Because, like, again, if you've ever heard, like, police encrypted radios after a while, as more facts become apparent, they start giving more data. You know, Mrs. Smith, 1681 evergreen place discharging a firearm right but you're innocent till proven guilty but that didn't sound like you're innocent right we don't know the facts of the case is it a family member is it a domestic dispute all you know is mrs smith evergreen discharging a firearm so yes there is personal safety concerns for the people out there okay Heather Rainey is here. Good morning to you. Have it. Rubilin Badiang Kerbo. Good morning to you as well. The time is 9 o'clock a.m. Well, I think we did it. We did it, right? Yeah. I think so. I want to give a quick shout out oh, okay. to our Aurora Township uh, Eagle soccer team okay. that went to Rockwell, Texas for a tournament. Mm-hmm. So 
Good luck out there. All right. All right. Shout out yeah. to the Eagles. Hope yeah, you guys win. Um, who are they playing? It's a tournament. Oh, it's a tournament. Mm-hmm. So they're playing okay. everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Is, is it the national tournament or? I just know it's a tournament. It's in, and it's in Texas. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, this one's for the Aurora Township Eagles. Hope you guys win out there. Uh, get the big win. And we'd love to see you back as, as winners with the trophy. Bring it on home to Aurora. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Off to meetings. Love you all. Love you guys, too. Have a great Thanksgiving. Don't forget, be safe, be out there. And tomorrow, tune in for a multicultural breakfast breakfast experience with Good Morning Aurora and Buenos Dias Aurora as well. Take care of yourself and each other.